You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so our pre-movie run. Are you talking to the microphone or to the computer? Uh, I'm making sure it's recording. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. So the uh, pre-movie run, we were just talking about... Uh, Ended with me saying this. It's George Lucas's story. He can do what he wants with it. But I also agree. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, we were listening to another podcast this week and somebody was babbling on about how the entire first, you know, the entire new Star Wars trilogy, the Episodes one, two, one, and two, three, three, were ruined because of the midichlorian count um, exposition. Um, and that ruined the entire thing for this person because... We were led to believe, apparently, that anybody could be a Jedi as long as they trained hard or whatever. But apparently, you know, the actual real deal is not anybody can be one. You have to be the special person with the high midichlorian count. So what? Exactly. I actually like that idea, to be honest. Because that means that it's a rare thing. Right. It's not just anybody. I like more of a... And not only that, are you serious that it ruins it for you and that you... Have a problem with someone who created an entire story himself, writing it the way he wants. He doesn't have to lick your ass. Anyway, we're not <laughs> we're not here for Star Wars chat. No, we're not. But they, that was our little um. That was pre-show. Yeah, pre-show discussion. rumble. <laughs> so um, it's Sunday, August the sixteenth. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard the good ship. After the show, July <laughs> that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Nothing to do Good with this week's movie. Goodshipascully.com. Yeah. Now, if we ever do buy a boat, which we won't because you hate the water, we'll call it ascully.com. In our imaginations, we will. So, um, yeah, after watching what I watched yesterday and the boat, oh, yeah. this kind of boats freak me out even more now. So, <laughs> so um, after the show number 83, this week we're, looking, we're taking an early look at the movie Duplicity which is a 2009 movie, and it will be out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday the 25th of August, which is... It's not this week, is it? It's the week after. Or is it... No, it's not this week. It's only the 16th now. So we're taking a little early look, so you'll be able to get it in a week. Um, So that's it's duplicity, or duplicity if you're English. Duplicity probably. I was going to say, you make it sound funny. Um... (laughs) I like it, that's funny. It's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to tell us what it is all about. Hmm, dear. Oh, well, you're not going to tell us exactly what it's all about, because it's one of those movies. It is a love story about two people who engage themselves in um, duplicitous, (laughs) espionage-esque activities, either governmental or corporate I was going to say... In order to, like, dupe each other, dupe and duplicity. Oh, you know what? I just had a, the, a major moment in my life when I realized something. What? And I'm going to sound like an idiot, and I'm going to admit it to the world. When you dupe somebody, and duplicity is about deceit, I just got it. Really? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> just yeah. a second. In this moment, you have heard, you know, a lot of people realize what's those the, things. Uh, what's the actual definition of duplicity? Don't know. Dictionary definition. We should. I, I, I didn't prep for this. Would you quit worrying about? You have one bug bite, and you're like obsessing it's like on it. Up, like, yeah, I know. know. It's one bug bite. You mowed the yard. You got a bug bite. No, I didn't. This wasn't from then. I got yeah. it yesterday somewhere. <laughs> anyway, it's still, it's it'll go away. 
Let's have the. Um... So that uh, that's it. I mean, they. T- in my opinion, it's it's a love story at heart, and it's just basically about them dancing around the idea that they don't trust each other or anybody in the world, and yet they're the only two people who can deal with each other, and their paths keep crossing until they're involved in one big sort of uh, caper, sort of. Yeah. Okay, so this movie, let's go on to the movie. Um, When it started, right, this is my, you know, instant opinion. When it started, and uh, Clive Owen and Julia Roberts came onto the screen and started talking to each other, I thought, this movie's up its own ass. It's one of those kind of uh, pretentious... Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, very much, yeah. (laughs) yeah. In fact, if... It almost had the style of Ocean's Eleven. You know, they carried some of that style. Um, but this is the first thing. I, fi- I felt, oh, no, this is like going to be pretentious and up its own ass, like I say, which means kind of full of itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they're trying a bit too hard to be a sexy kind of couple deal, which I wasn't buying. So... I started off with a distaste to it. Like, um, in fact, the first half an hour, I was kind of sat there going, "These exchanges between them, I don't buy it." Like, I, I don't. Yeah, the first I don't buy quick it. witty banter yeah, and the it's, like it's looks and the glances lover. and the too cool for school acting and all that stuff. And then I kind of the story started to get interesting for me, like it because it. I was thinking also, have I ever seen a film about industrial espionage? Because that's kind of that's what it is. I don't think I have and that was an interesting topic for me because it's you know two big companies and I this is what came in my mind when I was watching it two big you know big companies come up with ideas people like Apple and then they try and keep it under wraps so much because they don't want somebody competition to grab it or before they can manifest it and blah 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 and that's what it kind of reminded me of Microsoft and Apple kind of deal you know where they Mm. do something but this was to an nth degree because they even they had teams of spies yeah, and, yeah. and protecting secrets. They had the unit on each yeah. side. That now, and these this these companies weren't particularly like it's not life or death stuff. One of them was a pizza thing. No, that and, had nothing to do with. Well, that. I'm saying that was it. I know that I understand the movie. What I'm saying is <laughs> there was a company with a, I mean, yeah. a pizza idea. What I'm saying is it's it's ideas that. They're not life or death or anything. In fact, I'm not going to say what the thing is that they're protecting, but... Well, I hope not. No. It's not life or death or anything like that. But what I'm saying, the lengths they go to... I don't think I've ever seen a movie about that. So once that idea kicked in, I actually kind of started to enjoy it. But still, I thought Clive Owen, Julia Roberts, uh, it seemed a bit forced, like all the time. Very actorly, very... um the too cool thing that I think Ocean's Eleven type movies cool sunglasses yeah uh, very cool clothes and the very like the brisk the brisk uh, dialogue that's completely pretentious to yeah that's where I'm with you because all the way through I felt that and I and um, I also felt that it was fairly predictable and all that which kind of takes away from me but and I can't I don't try it's just like oh right okay here we go I know where it's going to head. But the idea, I'm with you, the idea of these two companies and then put in perspective what in real life 
companies must do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might not go as far as and this. And to what lengths? Because a couple of shots and a couple of scenes with all different parties, I realize a couple of them are, like, super, super rich. Obviously, billionaire corporate people. But at that stage of their of their life and of their careers owning these big corporations, they have all the money in the world that they could need, right? And yet they focus on the competition of it. Huh. They're not focusing on making more money. They're not focusing on any more uh, corporate uh, domination. It's, like it's actually like we've, we've conquered everything else. I'm so freaking rich. All I can do with my time is think about how to get one more step ahead of the other guy. And the same with this couple. At, you know, their goal is what? You know, at one point they're like, we'll never see each other. And then they're looking over this vista of an ocean, talking about getting money. But then in the end, what's the point of all of this if in the end you don't have anything or you have all the money you want but you're not happy? You know I mean? That was all kind of layered on there, I thought. Yeah. So, so I liked all that. Yeah, well, and and that, that was how I, th- I felt. And the thing I thought the movie did really well and, like, really... Um, I'm not saying it's a good movie, I know what you mean. I'm not saying it's a bad movie either, but the thing <laughs> the movie did really well is, you know, once it once the actual thing started rolling, like mm-hmm. like the the events plans get put in motion. Yeah. I thought it was really well paced. Like it, kept, I I was kind of on the edge of my seat at some points. Like there was a tension and a um, there's some specific scene. I don't really want to mention them. But it got a little forced and a little bit too hyped up at moments for yeah, me. Like I mean, the, what are we doing? What are you doing? Somebody's on the cell phone and somebody's over here. And like, what are we going to And I got a little bit like, okay, you know, a minute, two minutes of this is enough. We get it. There's, there's tension and we're going to have a big payoff here or, or well, not. What's or interesting is that they're actually, the subject matter of the movie isn't particularly exciting. Like some. Yeah, no. no. So they try to, you know, they're adding a bit of it. Like, for, in, mm-hmm. for instance, like um, a scene involving a, fa- uh, a, mm-hmm. a photocopy. Now, it's not particularly exciting, is it? That actual, if you think about it. But they had to try and yeah, they kind cut of back and forth, back and forth, bit, and they? then yeah, you're right. In the end, what we're talking about is corporate espionage, and yeah. so it's not exactly which is basically stealing documents and and saying trying, stuff on the phone, trying to get ahead of. It's not really else. exciting. So that's but, why I say I think I see it as a love story, and that everything else is just peripheral to these two people. But I didn't buy the, I didn't buy no, them. Like, I didn't either. I, I mean, I like Clive Owen, and I like her. Um, and obviously she was in the Ocean's Eleven movies. But maybe they're because their characters are these a bit cold and calculating, and really all they're focused on are these big. They kind of shine when they're in these big uh, middle of these dramas, so they aren't like everybody, and so they're kind. Of, they're, I mean, the acting was fine and everything, but their characters were just. There's like a wall. Like there's nothing you can relate to with them. There's really. no passion, or but then again, it could be because that's how those characters are. And there again, it's uh, you know when you say there's no passion, I kept thinking to myself, Jesus, Julia Roberts has to kiss Clive Owen all the time, like like. It, any, any scene where they're in it together, they're kissing each other, like, it, you know... Oh, I didn't notice hardly I any did. loving No, there's stuff. a lot of... I mean, they kiss, they, but... No, they pretty much kissed every time they, like, passionately, kind of, but there again... Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't it, buy that either. Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm not sure you and I have the same definition of passion. I don't think smashing your faces together and, like, rubbing your heads back and forth, that's not passion. No. And, you know, <laughs> those two... I'm a woman, maybe I see it differently. You know, and those two people are purposely chose, kind of like... Um, 
another movie. Richard uh, Gere and Julia Roberts? Yeah. You know, beautiful-looking people yeah. smushed together in a thing. <laughs> smushed together. But I didn't buy their relationship. I bought the relationship, kind of, but not them. Like, I don't know what it I think was. We didn't get enough, in my opinion. I realized that they want to cut to the chase and tell you and show you their love story as it relates to these plans they're making. So they get to see each other for one hour here and then six months later another hour here. Yeah, yeah. But you don't... If that's the whole basis of their relationship, that's why it feels really empty. Yeah, and I guess that would be Because you don't see anything else. That's how it would... You see one moment where they've kind of let their guard down, you know, near the end. That's the most genuine couple moment yeah, yeah. in the whole thing and it's already too late because you're like but what I'm getting at is if you say the heart of the thing is a love story but you don't particularly buy the love element of it mm, yeah. then is it a failure as a movie or what like you know it's a lot of flash over substance I believe yeah and it, and you know if you have seen the Ocean's Eleven films there's definitely the vibe of that like it's that's flash over substance too for me and I, exactly, did, I love yeah. heist movies but I didn't enjoy those ones I'd say the Ocean's movies are sort of the epitome of flash over substance mm. this one kind of falls about a third the way down the scale for that. it's not quite that obnoxious I actually, it's a little more grounded to me I mean, this is better than the Ocean's movie yeah yeah totally yeah yeah but um it's not and I can't say it's a failure as a movie but obviously you can tell that I'm not super enthused over it I enjoyed it yeah, I did. And there was times where I didn't. There was times where I was kind of rolling my eyes, thinking yeah. this is scene, you know, particular scenes. Uh, I don't. But there again, there's some fantastic things in the movie, which we will get to with the cast. Um, <clears throat> the cast of this movie is obviously Clive Owen as Ray Caval. Um, we all know Clive Owen by now. He's British, charming, um, handsome. Children of men, yeah. Yeah, Children of Men, possibly the best thing I've seen him in. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I like him. As well, wasn't I feel that he's fairly one-dimensional. Like, I feel like every movie I see Inside him... Inside Man? Yeah, every movie I see him in, it's just Clive Owen. You know what I mean? I yep. don't see a... Exactly. So... He but, fits in certain roles really well. Yeah, he does. Inside Man's, obviously, because he's a bit mysterious and very... was well, very sexy... I'm not that sure that you would notice that. Um, and not from his looks, but his demeanor, his posture, and his... You know, his, now people there's just say, something about him. People say about him that he he wouldn't have made a good James Bond. To me, he would have made a good James Bond. Oh, if, I agree completely. You know, if the guy didn't get it. You know? On the other side, I think he'd make a good Bond villain. He could be really creepy yeah. and charming at the same time without... Even flinching. I'd like him as a James Bond, to be honest. I actually think he really fits that. And people, like, he was up for it, I believe, when um, Daniel Craig got it. And people were like, no, he's terrible. Nobody would like him. But I actually like him for that. I think he'd fit in that. You know. Yeah. Uh, And then there's Julia Roberts. Everybody knows Julia Roberts. Uh, You thought it was going to be Pretty Woman this week, but it wasn't. Um, Pretty neutral, I'll be honest. I mean, she's fine. I like watching her. She's just... Julia Roberts, isn't she? You know, it's one of them. It's like I can't. She has her moments when her facial expressions and her little subtle. She'll take a breath or tilt her head. Those are the moments I feel like she's actually. Like, she takes herself as Julia Roberts, kind of not. It's not there. You don't. She's not like flashy or showy or. To me, she's not obnoxious or anything. It's just. No. Maybe it's so subtle. 
And a lot of her roles like this, it's that, being cool, being a little bit smug. And it's just a lot of speeches that she delivers. It's hard not to compare this to the Oceans movies. I keep thinking of her in something else and going... And then thinking of the Oceans movies and thinking, that's pretty much yeah, the same person. Yeah, like she puts on like a coat with a belt and she kind of, they show her walking away she with pouts. a little... She doesn't pout too much. She's getting older. The pout's kind of going away. She's still <laughs> I know it's the pout. Thinking, guessing of how old people are. Remember now, this, is, we talked about this is the parts of the movie now, what I'm getting to, that I really enjoyed. And that would be Tom Wilkinson as Howard Tully <laughs> and Paul Giamatti as Richard Garsick. Think so. Um, now they're the heads of the two companies that are competing. The two, you know, I think they're both fantastic. Paul Giamatti is one of my favourites. Anyway, I I just love him. Like I think I think he's a. It's kind of he'd be a, you know when you're talking about Bond villains. Yeah, Paul yeah. Giamatti would be amazing as a Bond. Villain. Or he'd be a good gadget. The MQ. Nah, I'd like to see him <laughs> bad. You know. Yeah. Because he could. He, he seems to me like he's. The only time he's been a bad guy is pig vomit, wasn't it? And he was kind of not kind of the grumpy old man in um, Splendid something. American Splendid, brilliant yes. movie. Yeah, <laughs> Harvey Pika. Um, no, I really like it, and obviously Tom Wilkinson, uh, which. Because to be honest with you, my absolute favorite part of the entire movie. Yep. Was I think it's kind of obvious, and I'm probably being really superficial, but in the opening sequence when it's the slow motion. They get and he and oh his, yeah yeah it's a good sequence. The planes are that. there. They're on like the tarmac of a private jet place, and the two corporate heads are walking toward each other in slow motion in the rain. And their little minions are in their little black coats and black umbrellas, standing back. Yeah. And as they move toward each other, and then it's really super slow motion, and they get into like a fist fight. But it's re- it's got like cool music over the top of it, and it's just it's kind of like farcical. And it's kind of a crappy and, fight. They kick yeah, each exactly, other in the shins. Exactly. And stuff. <laughs> like kicks him inside the leg, and they like he like pushes his face. And I know that that's like well, of course you're supposed to think that's cool. But I mean, when I say that's my favorite part of the movie. I don't know what that says about the rest. I didn't dislike the movie, but that was the, the movie's fault. That gave me hope of like, oh, this is going to be an interesting, quirky kind of a thing, you know. And it it didn't end up being that way. It was all pretty straightforward and yeah. And the movie's full of like uh, other appearances from different people who I kind of thought, oh, I know that person, but I don't yeah, lots, know that yeah. person. Like a lot of that, and so it had a really good cast overall. Really good. Everybody was good. I didn't feel like anybody was. You know, but... Nobody brought the thing down. Like... No. Nobody at all. And this was directed by Tony Gilroy, who is the director of Michael Clayton, and is the writer of the Bond trilogy. Uh, Screenplays. The screenplays of the Bond trilogy. Right, right. So he's got a good pedigree going for him. I mean, you can't say anything wrong about the Bond trilogy for me. Me too. And Michael Clayton was amazing. You know, and Tom Wilkinson. So you got to take a little bit of the edge of Bourne, put it on this one. I think it take a little bit of the gloss away or something. Mm. But you know, everything's got to be different. And I didn't dislike. And him I, I actually like his direct. Um, not just the direct, the whoever the DP is. Mm-hmm. I actually like the look of this movie. Um, I one mention it's Blu-ray. It actually looks fantastic. I thought it was um, super high def, like because. I saw hairs on Julia Roberts' face at one point where I was like, wow, you can see the fine white hairs on her face. Um, and it just looked really good. It was sharp as hell. Like um, I, That stood out for me. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm wearing my new glasses or well, it was maybe. very, very nice looking Blu-ray disc. Um, 
And the way it looked, there was a lot of those really long shots mm-hmm. where somebody's here, somebody's here, and this, like like you say, the beginning part with the planes, it's a real wide shot of in slow motion. Yeah. And then they use the, um, I don't know what that originated from, the split screen thing. Oh, yeah. From the 60s movies, like caper movies. Seems like. Where the screen splits in sometimes into four, and there's four different things going on, and then it zooms back into one. Yeah, it's not actually four different things going on. It's well, the different angles. stages of the same thing going on until it kind of comes back around yeah. and brings you in. And I don't know what the purpose is other than to style. There's no substance there I think there Ocean's Eleven also uses that technique. I swear it does. Now, the only... But this one has no purpose whatsoever. It's, it's not like... style. Yeah, the there is no moment when you're seeing this person do something and another person do something. No, which is, so, which is cool. Like in... There's movies where you might see a phone call, both ends of it, split screen, which is... Down with love, a good, for example. Yeah, a good plot <laughs> device sometimes. Because yeah. you do need to see actual facial expressions of both of them. But yeah, they never use it in a clever way. It's no. just a, for instance, here's a, sh- here's a shot of Trafalgar Square. Here's a shot of a beef eater. Here's a shot of a red a pillar box. And a, a mailman and a red um, phone box. And here's a picture of them, of Clive Owen walking. And then the title credit thing says London. And I said to you, do we really have to have the words London? It of just course, showed you. Not everyone would know that's London. It just showed you a beef eater. It showed you a I don't telephone know what box. A beef eater is. It's the guy who stands outside Buckingham Palace with the furry. But I might not know that's London, I'll be honest with you. Well, you. I know it is because I live with a person from England. And I just am more in tune to that, maybe. But not everyone would. Honestly. Somebody might think it's Las Vegas. <laughs> Honestly. I, uh. I, uh, I, truthfully, yeah. hey, come on! I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know when they put Dubai on the corner. You didn't know that was Dubai, but people from Dubai would go, How, "Why do you have to put Dubai?" I Obviously actually knew that Dubai. was Dubai. <laughs> but there you go. So you know every city in the world just by that's awesome. I'm impressed with that. That's a well, skill I didn't know you had. I, I, I can't go specifics, but big cities, <laughs> yes. So, uh, can you remove the bubbles from the? Uh... Oh, I like the bubbles. What are you talking about? Let me touch my nice big new keyboard. Well, it's not new. It's a hand-me-down, but it's one of those split kind. So let's let's move on to uh, Blu-ray extras for this uh, magnificent movie. Okay, that's it. We're done with the extras. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so it's pretty... I said this week, it's pretty standard. Like, let's just get yeah. this thing out, you know? Standard Blu-ray disc. Cover's not particularly... It Cover actually mirrors the movie with the split-screen thing and the... Um, not really. I think that's what it's trying to do. This. Let me uh, just cut and pasted some pictures. But anyway, um, Blu-ray extras. You would probably think there's some extras for this movie, but there is a feature commentary with writer-director Tony Gilroy and editor-co-producer John Gilroy. And that's the lot. Are they related? Brother and sister. It's two men. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just joking. Now, here's one of those movies where I think to myself... Hmm. If I listen to that commentary and I like Gilroy's other work and listen to him talk about it as I'm watching it, it's very possible I could end up liking it more. And that's not a good reason to like it more, but sometimes, like with Daredevil, which I've mentioned many times, I don't know, there's just something that fills in and you go, "Mm, okay, I guess you give a movie more slack sometimes so you know a little bit more about the, the creative people behind it. So it might be interesting to listen to the commentary. 
No, there literally is. That's the extra. And now the other extra, and they even advertise it on the back here, is BD Live, which we actually <laughs> connected to. Now, this movie isn't out yet, given. So there is nothing for this one. Yet. Um, but they don't even allude to the fact that it will have anything to do with this movie anyway. They say, uh, access BD Live Center through your internet-connected player and download bonus content, the latest trailers, and more. So don't think there might be something about this movie because they probably will not. You can see trailer. So you can see the trailer really for. Extra. There was a trailer for something I was interested in, wasn't there? Because I flicked down the list and said, "Oh, oh, yeah. Tarantino's new movie, Inglorious Bastards." Oh. So, um, yeah, that, that's I it. I was watching uh, the commercial for it. Trailer came on the other day when I was at mom's, and Jack, who's my mom's man friend. He's 75, my mom's 67, 68, so I mean, I don't know what, he's not a boyfriend, they live together, I don't know what that is. Friend. He was sitting there, and he's got like this little, maybe 19 inch, old style television sitting on an old TV stand kind of thing, you know? Sitting there, looking at it, watched the whole trailer, and just had this look on his face like, what the hell's that? (laughs) And uh, I didn't make any comment, he was just looking at it like, what a load of crap. (laughs) Don't, don't think Tarantino's <laughs> aimed at 70-year-old men. No, but I think Tarantino would get a kick out of that. Because, yeah. I mean, he was really looking at it. Right. And he kind of caught his eye with, you know, had, like, Hitler, and then, like, he was watching it, and, like, yeah. he just kind of like, kept looking at it and had this weird look on his face, like, what of old crap. <laughs> so, yeah, the BD Live features on this, uh, just your average BD. So, yeah, there is really nothing to this uh, in terms of extras, but it, I must say it's a nice transfer. It looks really good, and it sounds really good, too. It's got some crazy bass in some of the movies. We need though. to figure out the formula that these companies are coming up, have to base their It's like if, if a movie is less DVD. successful, is that the deal? Because no, do you that. remember Duplicity in I was just going to say, I'm going to completely forget about this movie. By yeah. the end of tonight... And do I you would... remember the theatrical release? Because I actually don't. No. I mean, it was in the theaters, but probably for a week and then gone. Yeah. That's yeah. unfortunate, because it's not bad. It's a good... Like, if you want to rent a movie or something, hang out, watch some drama, you know, I say rent this and uh, Children of Men. <laughs> but watch this first. Because yeah. after you've watched Children of Men, you won't want to, you, won't want to, you know, watch this and then watch Children of and Men. And me, personally, I... Did enjoy it, but there again, I was rolling my eyes in parts. Um, just because of the two main lead people, I just didn't buy them completely. It didn't feel connected. I did like the... Uh, the story's good. There's lots of individual moments that I like. And yeah. And there are a lot of peripheral people, like the little Wilkinson. units of people. I oh, yeah. really good. But overall, it's not one I'd end up watching again. So maybe it's, it's, it's almost like that Blu-ray was made for rental. I agree. It's totally. It's a the movie, tip. and that's it. Like, you yeah, know, there's it's a, a it's a kind of a fun little jaunt of a movie. I don't know if that's appropriate. It's not. Yeah, there's, you know, it's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. It lies in that middle man's land, no it's man's Julie land. Julia Roberts of, in a movie, which we haven't seen for a while. If you like Julia Roberts, you like Clive Owen. You know, you'd like it. Yeah. So, and if you like the other two guys, Tom Wilkinson, Paul Giamatti, you'll... you don't get enough of them, though. That's no, the not enough, because it's not really about them. Yeah, except they're kind of off to the side. Anyway, it's uh, available uh, in a week, and it's on Universal Blu-ray and DVD. You can grab it from uh, anywhere you want. Um, uh, let's go on to movie recommendations, because maybe they, maybe those are what you could pick up with this yeah, as yes. like a companion piece. So my first one, or instead, well, maybe not. <laughs> Maybe. Now, I would definitely get this one if you like. Well, my first one goes actually alongside this for me, as a, but as a better movie, in my opinion, um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is another pair of sexy people 
kind of humming it up. And um, I think they're pretty much exactly on the same level for me. They are, but I actually enjoyed that one more. But there again, there's more violence, which you enjoy. There's a little more action, you know, <laughs> and Angelina's in it. Oh my god! You know what I'm saying? Let's move on. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. But yeah, I I actually enjoy Mr. Just, Mrs. I just have shudders of moments when I, I mean I think Clive Owen is sexy. You might think, oh my god, my wife thinks some actor dude is sexy, and I think the same thing about what you think about Jolie. Yeah. Like, could you be any more like everybody else? I'd rather look at. I'd rather um, uh, see. Yeah, they are on similar level. I actually think this one's smarter than that one. I mean, this Mr. one's smarter. That one's more action. That one's more. <gasps> say, put them together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll, buy, <laughs> okay. I'll get them both and have a movie night of. Mi- yeah, Mr. And I, you Mrs. know what? That could be a good movie night. Mr. and Mrs. Spy thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that the... Watch this one first. Yes. Because then you lead up to the action of yeah, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, exactly. And then my other one I wanted to throw in there, kind of espionage spy, and I really like it a lot, is Ronin, which oh, yeah. is uh, yeah, Robert De Niro. Good. But that's quality. Yeah, now there's a, that's not... That's a serious movie. It's full of action also. And I really like the plot of it, and it gets it all. It goes all. It's one of them ones where you, I, what I like about these kind of movies is different cities, different mm-hmm. locales, like Bond. Ronin's a really good one. Ronin's on a scale like with me, with like uh, Born, because it seems yeah, very. It's similar. got grit. But it's really slick. It's real put together. I get lost a little bit sometimes in the stories of them. I mean, it's just my... I'm not paying close enough attention to the... It's one of my favorite because it reminds me of Born, um, Ronin. It's what pre-Born, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but it is very... It's that kind of... It's got, like, a realistic foundation. Yeah. Whereas this feels movie-like. Yeah, this, That's the this thing. feels yeah. totally like a movie. And my recommendations are... And thanks to you, because we t- stopped to take a pee break, and I said, what's that other Wil- Wilkerson, Wilkinson movie? <laughs> what's his name? Wilkerson. <laughs> that, we, that was really good, and you said Separate Lies, and that was with... What was the woman's name? Emily Watson. Emily Watson. It's really Who good. Who is amazing in Punch Drunk Love, let me just say yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, it's not anything to do with this type of movie. It's more of a love story, drama, family. Not family. Adult. Good acting, though, from yeah. everybody involved in yes. that one. Yes. What would you call that? Just a drama? Yeah, like a... Relationship really, drama. Yes, relationship drama. Yeah. That's really good. Separate lies. And my other one is The Score. Because I know in my mind, and I'm not sure if this is the one, I, I don't think it is, but I was thinking I've seen a movie where there's a big heist or a caper and the person is totally super slick and in charge and dupes everybody out and, and everything and ends up with nothing because the whole point was to do something, like to bring somebody down or to solve some big problem. I don't know what it was, but then as we were talking, I came up with The Score. Or I came up with the score. You did. Uh, with Edward Norton and Robert <laughs> De Niro. And it's not fantastic or anything, but it also has its moments where... And I think the score would also be a good accompaniment with duplicity. Um, yeah, it would. Because I, it's got the twisty turns and you're not 100% sure who is doing what and why. And it's it's good. I mean, they're good. It's just not a great script. Mm-mm. That's the problem with it. But there's moments of quality and I think... Uh, I've also gone on record to say that some of my favorite movies are heist movies. Anything Correct. with a heist, I really enjoy. Even like dumb- except the heist. Remember with Gene Hackman and uh, Danny DeVito? It yeah, was that really was really bad. Garbage, and it was it? such a letdown because, because it was like- called the heist. I was like, oh, there's a heist movie coming <laughs> exactly. out. I gotta see that. <laughs> and I like anything where it's kind of because I like that suspense of like, will they do it? Will won't they do it? What's going to be the thing that makes them stumble? You know, you can really play f- for suspense with them kind of movies. But yeah, some of them get it wrong, some of them get it right. You know one that I saw, and it was on HBO one night, and it's so dumb and stupid, 
Yeah, I got a total kick out of it. <laughs> and it's like Queen Latifah. Um, oh yes, you taught me. Yeah, and it and Tom Cruise's wife. Um, and and they're these women who work. Huh? Oh no, the girl, his new wife. I know you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're these women who work in like, um, you know, the place where old money goes to be burned. Yeah. Where you incinerate the old money. They're women who work in that place, and that's like highly secure and all that. And they devise a way of removing the money from there before they burn it. Like a, they're cleaners. You know, like a the. So they, they literally destroy old old currency. Yeah, old currency. It's not like it's not like illegal what they no, do they, for, for the government like um, right, right. burn the old money up so they it's their, their whole plot of devising a way of I can't remember what it was called easy money or mad money or something money but I really enjoyed it I got a kick out of it it's like so dumb and stupid yeah it's I enjoyed it you know <laughs> so heist movie I, cause, I think because it did the suspense well because uh, you were always like ah, ah, on the edge of your seat thinking are they going to get out of there or are they going to get caught or it could have been that it was late at night and you had nothing else to do and you turn to that channel and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then you get sucked into it yeah. because your brain is in, late at night. Your brain just goes like, sure, I'll watch this infomercial for a half an hour. Hmm, those, lives, those knives look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So uh, that is uh, this week's movie and this week's recommendations. That's uh, Duplicity or Duplicity to you Americans um, available in a week. When you say it, it sounds like Jewplicity, which I'm sure Chibi D would appreciate. <laughs> you mean like Jews? Like Jewish, but right. plicity, so Jewplicity. I don't think that's what you <laughs> No. <laughs> so next week's um, review will be Adventureland on Blu-ray. Uh, it's right there. Is that the one about the porno guy? <laughs> no, that's Wonderland. No, Adventureland on Blu-ray. Um, we actually already have it, so and there it is. Um I right. have no idea what that one's about, so that'll be interesting. Uh, and this week's what? Games and A Scully stuff. Games and A Scully stuff! Yeah! yeah. Okay. We just determined. And the whole time that I've ever known you, at the end of a lot of little hummy things you do or sentences that you say, you go, yeah. And I got that from Gene Simmons out of Kiss. Because <laughs> if you listen to any of the early uh, Kiss concerts, like listen to Alive or Alive 2, the live albums, <laughs> pretty much after every song, yeah, either Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley will go like, yeah, like that. But you know, real long, like, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to add that onto the end of it. Now I know. Even like milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah, <laughs> you know. That's so funny. <laughs> that, right. that would pop into your head. Is hysterically funny. Uh, that's as far away from kiss as I can think. <laughs> yes. So uh, games I've been playing this week, and uh, you know, humming on to me, I've been playing this game, which was a uh, GI Joe for the Xbox 360. I wish I hadn't. It's like Aww. a. I played for about two hours, but I think I feel like it was a waste of that, two hours. Exactly. The game's full go. of bugs. I encountered three or four myself where I actually won, where there was a vehicle, and then there was me, and then I walked forward to get in the vehicle, and passed right through the vehicle and came out the other side of it. That happened more than once. Uh, second, I got stuck in the... There's a mountain on this side, and I'm a soldier. And I went up to that side to take some cover from some fire. And I got stuck inside the mountain, like like in the... Oh, I remember you saying, this isn't right. And you're going like in and out, in and I out, I had to restart. And, um, and then, yeah, there was a few things that broke the entire thing. I was just kind of like, what do I do? Do I have to restart? Or I had to punch back to the dashboard. Anyway, it's not fun. It's not good. 
In fact, it's really bad. I highly, you know, whatever. Don't go near it. Don't rent it. Don't do anything. It's rubbish. It's $50 as well. It's crazy. Oh, man. It's just like, you know, anybody who's really into the movie might go out and get it, and that's what they prey on with these movie licenses. But, you know, most of the time they get it completely wrong. It's funny because I was listening to that Life Well Wasted when he was interviewing a guy... It seemed a bit shifty, but I'm, I don't have any reason to doubt the legitimacy of it. But some guy where he distorted his voice, who worked for a game company, and he was talking about what it's like to work on a game that's bad, and yeah, everybody yeah. knows it's bad, or everybody doesn't know it's bad, but then as you get into it, it gets so messed up because of the company, and like you've worked six months on a game, and then somebody else says, hey, but that company's doing this in a game, and then you have to completely change gears, and it gets really... And then messed. when it comes out and it's really bad and nobody likes it, what that does to the company and to all the programmers that work on it. And you have to think of that. Somebody spent nights Probably, sitting going yeah, to their families, yeah. times when they missed the birthday parties and all that, working on some game that came out and in an instant, everybody who buys it, everybody who plays it in the newspapers, magazines, on podcasts go, what a load of shit. And I mean, you're going like, I knew it was crap, actually, but, you know, it's what you do, I We're guess. We're told to get our product out by this yeah. day, and it doesn't, Yeah. You know. so and we show, it to the, we show it to the big wigs, and if they say, yeah, that's all right, or fine. So then how do you, as a person who doesn't, you don't want to be like, this is shit, because I know someone worked hard on it, but it's actually really, really bad. It's hard to, like a movie, I guess, same thing. I mean, this game was bad. You know, it's like, there's, like, mediocre games also, which are fine for me, because I don't mind playing a mediocre game every once in a while. Right. The same as movies. You might... Yep. A mediocre movie's fine once in a while. It makes you appreciate the better ones, doesn't it? It makes you appreciate the really bad ones. Um, but this ain't mediocre. This is, like, the bottom. Like, I can imagine it... I bet you this is, like, nine ninety nine in the bargain bin or on Amazon in, a, in about three weeks, you know? And that... It makes me... You might be able to ride the wave of the movie for a little... Excuse not long me. and maybe up to the DVD release and then yeah you know you know when they have a really bad game like this and then the DVD comes out why don't they throw in a free copy in the DVD just get some money back from it get rid of all the discs yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah that's terrible I've um, also been playing Wolfenstein which is ID well it's, this isn't ID software you know the creators of Doom Wolfenstein was the original game before they did Doom this is a new version of Wolfenstein like a new I'm actually not enjoying it at all. Oh, it's another, another one. Yeah, it's like, it's got issues. Like, it, it, it's a 360 game. I expect, like, you know, I've been playing Gears of War 2 recently. It's like a year-old game, and it's absolutely perfect. It plays well. It looks good. This one, like, the frame rate stutters all over the place. I, I was playing the multiplayer last night, and um, it was just messed up. It was like people lag, like, really... I mean, I've play, I play online games on Xbox Live all the time. Lag doesn't happen in most games. Right. This one, I'd like... I'm shooting, and then there's a guy, and then he's there, and then he's, like, in the air, and then he's, like, flicking around in the corner, and I'm, I, there's nothing I can do. Like, it's like... <laughs> it's like, if you're a gamer, you know exactly... I can picture that precisely. Yeah, like, a guy... Yeah, like, so his I'm leg like, uh, Is he in front of me? No, he's not. He's round the back, and now I'm being stabbed in the back, and, like, I don't even know what's going on. So, and that wasn't... I mean, you can say, oh, well, you probably just got into a laggy game. But no, I've tried it, like, most of this week, getting into different games, and it's always been the same. So I'm assuming that needs a fix. The single-player game, the frame rate is, like, you know, when we talk about frame rate, mm -hmm. like, it, like the game's smooth, and then occasionally... It we just, used to talk about frame rate because it shouldn't be an issue anymore. No, not an issue anymore, but this game, it's, like, nice and smooth, and then all of a sudden, like... 
some enemies come and everything like feels like it's like in molasses all of a sudden like you're like why can't I turn fast and it slow it basically slows the system down like they've not programmed it well or whatever I was looking forward to it but I can't recommend it I mean it's a rental jobby it's better than G.I. Joe but not much you need to work out a scale for your grading of games and then nothing else this oh yeah I've been playing Trials HD this week as well which is an Xbox Live Arcade game where you... It's motorcycle trials riding. Where you go over bumpy stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where you jump over ramps. It's kind of fun. There's a demo of it available, which you can get. Which is actually what I've been playing. The demo is quite substantial. You get to play quite a few tracks. Um, it's fun. I think it would be one that would be worth buying. Not that I have yet. But I've played the demo enough this week to... You'd pay sixty dollars. No, that? it's not. It's a fifteen dollar um, downloadable game. Really? Yeah. Uh, and pro- you can probably get ten hours of play out of it or whatever. They're, those are the games because the actual game is really fun. Mm, like that's more than a dollar an hour. <laughs> yeah. Now, talking of Xbox Live arcade games, this week on Wednesday, Shadow Complex comes out, which is the Cliffy B helmed, huge. Uh, well, I talked about last week, action adventure game. This exclusive to Xbox Live downloadable. It's an epic game, you know, big. It's a side on with a big story. They say it's about 20 hours long, it's going to be $15. Now, that's the kind of crap I can get behind. I would pay $15 for that one. But because, what if it's crap? Well, I've seen enough right. video quick looks and to know that it's my kind of game totally. Like, I, it's the game that I would go start to finish on and love it. Now, for $15, if for me, if you get 10 to 15 hours gameplay, those are the games, and it's well made, too, because you can tell this one is, well, those are the games they should be focusing their energies on, not these $50 G.I. Joe games that just totally suck. Why, why didn't they just do G.I. Joe as a um, downloadable $15 thing in, in, with the movie, you know? The answer to any of those questions is some prick... Wanted to make a lot of money. We have to have a disc. Some marketing in the store. person wanted to make a lot of money, or some rookie producer person from some company decided they wanted to get on the project and they didn't know exactly what they were doing, unfortunately. Plus, it's kind of a tradition over the eight that whenever a movie comes out, it has to have a shitty game that goes along with it. <laughs> oh, oh, you think that was their goal? Yeah. Well, it seems to me like, I mean, the games I've played this year, movie tie ins, I've played. Um, Terminator Salvation. It was bullshit, rubbish, like really bad. Like it was almost like it was made ten years ago. Like it was terrible. I've played, you know, GI Joe. What other movies has there been this summer? The Bat. Well, not Batman this summer, but the Batman game. I've only played the demo so far. It's not out. That looks absolutely incredible. But it's not based on the movie. It's based right. on comics and stuff. But so you can't really count that one because there is no Arkham Asylum movie. Um, Hulk. Was there a game for the Hulk? That was last year. Oh, though. true. <laughs> I don't know what... The Watchmen game. Awful. Terrible. Watchmen, like, yeah. I mean, it was just like, here's the Watchmen, here's some people, beat them up, here's some more people, beat them up. Like, there was nothing else. That was the entire thing. The Watchmen, like, you could make an amazing thing out of it. Oh my god, the, yeah. The, the, so they just decided to make this... Why don't people get in the mind, like... If you respond, not just you specifically, but, like, millions of people respond so well to Grand Theft Auto game, not just because of the story, but it's the immersive... A world. It works beautifully, it works well. I'm not a big fan of the constant violence and all that stuff, but I understand the quality. Yeah, yeah. The engine, which I never used to understand what that means, but it actually runs, looks, 
amazing. Gears of War, same thing. Unreal Tournament kind of game. Those are, like, completely immersive. The world is gorgeous. You're in it. You can tell, like, love was put into it. Like, like, like you can with Not movies. just love, but, I mean... I mean, like, attitude. somebody cared about making quality, it good. quality, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, let's they had, just... and they had the skill and the talent and the creativity. Yeah. They weren't... They were just slapping together a product to sell. Let's not be delusional. They wanted mm. to make billions of dollars. It's their job. But there's a different sense about those games. Why? I mean, Cliffy B sells his engines to people, right? Mm-hmm. Do the other people buy it and just make shit games based yeah. on it or what? Is that the way it works? Like the art ends up being crappy and... That shitty Terminator game, I believe. Or right. Things like that are, are on the Unreal Engine. That's not the Unreal Engine's fault. It's just yeah, exactly. you can take it and make shit out of anything, yeah. can you? So, and then you might play a simple little game like I've been playing Burger Stop 2, Burger yeah, Shop, yeah, or whatever. The, That's awesome. It's just the, nothing. Oh, the motorbike game I've been playing on Xbox Live. Right. You know, it's by some indie developer. It's small. Yeah, it's like for some something grabs you about it. It's not what it looks like. It's just the game is good. Like So sometimes you don't. it doesn't need to look amazing. Just the idea has to be solid, right? It's funny. It's the same as movies. You get a weird combination of elements that something somehow happens. captures you and you can't. You can't put your finger on it. And there's no doubt something like Grand Theft Auto 4, which is like the biggest budget for a game ever up to this date. When you play it, you know you're playing something that was incredibly crafted, like to every single detail. I said to you, I was playing Grand Theft Auto 4 again for like the fourth time the other day on the PC. I was driving. I've never seen this before, but this is like showing you the little details that are in there because anything can happen at any time. It's not like a scripted thing. I was driving in front of a police car. Behind. Behind a police car. And the policeman had his arm... He's driving slow. Just And I was keeping this, my speed limit behind him because he's probably going to pull me over if I go fast. <laughs> and he puts his arm out of the window and throws his polystyrene coffee cup, coffee cup out of the window. And it's like a funny thing to see, like a policeman. Because like, you wouldn't in real life. Yeah, and how many times have you played that game? Oh, well, four or five times. Oh, right, and through. yet you stopped and you were just listening uh, to the radio and said, like, I never listened to this Watching the one television. Yeah, the and I've never... Yeah, yeah, exactly. When he <laughs> did the it's knife just, show. Yeah. The whole entire knife show. Which lasts about like, half an hour. Yeah, and you were like, I've never watched this. And then you just sat captivated and we were laughing at it and being like... And, that, and it was super detailed and That's like, what I'm saying. Some things... Like the Grand Theft Auto game, the detail put into that stupid little television show that you can watch in your apartment is <laughs> more not. detailed than some you games. You could never have watched that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was just in there. If you pay attention, then some people may have never see it. And in it. that instance, I can honestly say, the effort and the times that you have enjoyed that, and that you keep on it, you'll play it again. You know you oh, will. Yeah, Before I'm, the next I'm one comes out, you'll it play now. it again, and you'll be like, oh my god, I've never even noticed that. Or I've seen you sit and just drive around like stopping at traffic lights driving carefully just driving around just like looking around yeah. <laughs> yeah now that game $60 oh I've had my money's worth, worth. yeah yeah totally now I don't say that about everything you I know actually bought the fact. game twice believe it or not I bought <laughs> and the, the soundtrack uh, for the original I bought the no the Grand Theft Auto 4 I bought the Xbox 360 version and then when the PC version came I also bought that one because Correct. I wanted to play it twice <laughs> like I thought the PC version would be different. Obviously, it's not. It kind of looks a bit better. But it's there at your fingertips, just in case. Yeah, yeah, and now I can just dig, dig into it and play it, you know. So, yeah, I paid for it twice, but I don't feel like I was ripped off. I feel like I... In fact, right this minute, you're probably thinking, mm, I'd really like to turn around and play. <laughs> yeah, and if there was a... You know, and they put out the add-on packs, which is the Ballad of Gay Tony, which is coming in November. 
I'll happily pay them $20 for another 10 hours in Liberty City doing the same thing, literally, but with a new story. I, that's, I think that's the future of games, isn't it? What's that? Like, Adding make, make something really amazing and then just add to it. Like, don't... It's that first part that's a little tricky. Yeah, that's the tricky <laughs> Make something really amazing. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. Just make it amazing. Don't make some shy like G.I. Joe. Because who <laughs> wants... You know, even if they did put out an add-on for G.I. Joe, who wants it? So if you're a video game does. developer right now and you're making a piece of shit game, you know what? Quit. Yeah, You know on. that you can make a better game than you're making. If you're making a shitty movie right now, or writing a shitty book, or making some shitty art, or music, you know you can do better. That's my inspirational speech to you. You know you can do better. And that's game talk for this week. Uh, Shadow Complex, I mentioned, will be out on Wednesday. I'll get it on Wednesday and I'll talk about it next weekend. Okay, mine is uh, what's for dinner? I'm not finished. You said that's game talk. That's game talk, but we're going on to oh, some Oh, you have other. other stuff. I've been watching... Um, <laughs> this week I decided to invest in watching a TV show. And I've been thinking of... Over the last few weeks I've been thinking, I want to... The Sopranos was my TV show. And obviously, it's gone. I can rewatch it if I want to, but it's not as much fun. So I need... I felt like I wanted a drama TV show, which I don't watch any of them. Um, so I was looking, and it was a toss-up for me between uh, Six Feet Under, which I've still not seen any of, a couple of episodes here and there. I do know I'll like it. I will get around to seeing it at some point. It was either a toss between that, Dexter, which is... A, a Showtime show and the new season of Entourage so I was like which one should I and I ended up going with Dexter because I have three seasons of it to see and you've never seen it at all never seen it at all so I started watching on Wednesday evening when I was at work and I finished season one this morning so I got through 12 hours worth in two days or what three days um, I can't speak highly enough for it I think I found a it's an amazing show. I, I, you saw you catch a tail. I did. End. I mean, there are you know, there's a lot of TV ish acting and stuff. Yeah, there, but there is some. I re, I re, I mean, you were only like I was at work and you'd send me messages and tell me, oh my god, Dexter just discovered this, or oh my god, yeah. he just did that, and oh my god, that's so gross, and oh my god, this or that. <laughs> so I kind of filled in tiny little gaps. So this morning I get from work, you, you're watching one episode. I sit down, and I've only known what you've told me. And yeah. by the last, and we were watching the last episode, I was completely captivated because I you'd already let me know everything. Now that is a good time to come into it because it was yeah. getting to to a head, as so to speak. But but it makes me want to then watch the next season as well. Let me explain um, just a little bit what it is. Right, is it Dexter? You're immediately told this in the first scene of the first episode is a serial killer. He's a serial killer with a daytime job of a police pathologist is that what they call it a blood spatter expert so he's got a double life he's like a he's like I try not to say but he's like a serial killer with a heart or, mm-hmm. almost he's not he's not even though he does the most demonic horrible shit there's something I can't say he's the bad guy because he, he even though he is right yep anti-hero or whatever you call it like the most of an anti-hero. Like somebody said, how can we make somebody the quintessential anti-hero? Yeah, like... You've what got, can we do? Like, cause, because, you know, when you, when you say to somebody in the first frame of a TV show, this guy is doing something so disturbing, it's going to freak you out. How do you make that person likable, you know? 
because this guy's got a guy on the table and he's going to cut his head off, right? So, right. you know, that's not a good place to start with you liking somebody. But sure enough, by the end of the first episode, you like him, you like his sister, you know, and then it strings you along. But the story's so well-crafted, and it's based on books. Um, oh, really? They were books I before a TV show. But the story's so well-crafted, the way they turned it into a TV show, because it makes you want to start the next episode up as soon as one ends you know every single one's like that I love shows like that I love it and I hate waiting so that's why I love watching like doing the home theater PC because you can save your show save three or four over a few weeks and then just watch 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 now I'm at the end of season one I've still got two seasons to go and season four is about to start on Showtime in a couple of weeks so I'm excited to see more of it and the guy who plays it's got Anthony Michael Hall no Michael C. Hall something like that anyway yeah. the guy from Six Feet Under he plays him perfectly it's like see I love American Psycho where Christian Bale plays um, Patrick think, Bateman um, but and this it has, isn't that intense no it's not as intense as him but there's the whole idea of I wear a mask that just you know I'm completely fake all the time I have no feelings inside I'm an empty shell of a person who kills people for enjoyment that's the only thing I can get any my kicks from yet you would never know that you know like I'm just because right. he is real personable and the point is you don't ever know anyone exactly like you really don't I don't care what you think I don't know you I mean I know you but I don't know what goes on in your mind, what things you've done that you would just never tell anyone. You just never know anyone. And that's, that's what, what I liked it, about um, psych, Psycho Killer, American Psycho, is that yeah, yeah. everyone wears a mask. And that's what Dexter's about. It's In fact, you know, there's, I said there's a little nod towards uh, American Psycho in Dexter because he uses an alias to sign up for some newsletter and he's called Dr. Patrick Bateman. <laughs> you know, so not that Patrick Bateman's a doctor, but... yeah. But I, I thought it was a cool little nod. But yeah, it's a great um, show. And the first se- if it carries on like that first season, because it was pretty dramatic at the conclusion and everything, I I can't see it keeping that I intensity know. up. I was trying to think, how do they carry that on? Maybe it will fizzle out, but we'll see. You know, I, I, if they're doing another season, I guess it's you know that doesn't necessarily mean it's still good. It just means people are still hanging in there yeah I'm often scared of the second season of something because mm, like Lost Lost yeah you know because the first season <laughs> Heroes you know yeah Heroes the first season was absolutely captivating it just lost it to me it was like there's nowhere to go from the end of it Like, there's a new development TV people okay any TV, TV uh, producers out there just do one season of yeah, the show yeah and then screw it off yeah do it, it like it's a big work. 14 hour movie have the conclusion, the end over the last three se- last three episodes, and then that's it. You don't go on to another season, and you just you wrap them up. You wrap them up, but make them really, really good. Yeah, invest a lot of time and effort and get good writers and good everything. That's a good idea. Because one of the things I also want to mention about Dexter, it's um a twelve episode um, season. season. Now I am a fan of a twelve episode season because like. Lost, where they like 26 episodes. I think they meander and go off all over the place because they have to fill... Was there 26, really? They're all... Those kind of things are 24 24 or 26 episodes. You know, the network shows. They're just long, like... And with Dexter, they did go off into some side stories, but they can't do it for too long because they've got to get back on track with the main story. So I find it less... I find some of the shows, like 24 and things like that, that's just too long. It can get boring, you know, quick. 
So I like. I'm a fan of the shorter season, and I'm used to it being British because our seasons are six episodes yeah. generally, which I six episodes is also good. You know, you can play play off some. Good- That's not enough for me when it's really good. I don't want, but. I'm kind of torn. I'd rather have one really long season of a really good show and that be it. Even at the end of it, if there's a big, like, thing where you don't know what's happening to everybody and Mm. it kind of drops off, I would rather have that and go out on a high than to get entrenched in some piece of crap show that goes on for ten years that you just get... It becomes a habit. I mean... You watch it because it's on. I'm sure Lost isn't a piece of... No, no. Just in our opinion, we... Went off lost. I mean, I've I've heard that it's very good now, but I can't pick it up four years later. Like no. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to go back and. I love the the idea, the concept, the first season, yeah. fantastic, and that's enough for me. Sometimes it's that first experience of something that makes it good. After that, I don't want to be the person who goes to work every week and go, "Oh my god, did you watch yeah. Lost this week?" Because did you see that guy and see what he said? I don't do any of that at work. I don't watch anything consistently, really, that I talk to you anyone know, about. You know what? For me, we've lost. You know, when you just said, like, you were the first, we saw the first season for it was really good. I actually think, going back and thinking about it, the pilot episode of Lost <laughs> was, was really good. Yeah. And then it got worse from there for me. Like, because like, that pilot episode was like, I'd never seen anything like that on TV before, actually. Anything as big budget as that. Because there was the plane wreck on the beach, and it was just... Like a movie, like I was watching a movie, but it was a TV show, yeah. and then from there it started. For me, it kept its intensity up a bit, but then it just started to like carrot on a stick, man. I hate that shit. Yeah, like let's just introduce one thing for you this week, and then you will be talking about that, and then next week we'll do something. Yeah, it just. Whereas I don't feel Dexter does that. I think Dexter has a story to tell, which is the book in this in this particular instance, and it's telling you that story, which is already pre. Right. You know, unlike Lost, where we know from interviews they were making it up as they went along, which... And intentionally stringing people along. That's what really irritated me. We watched that guy and he was saying, you know, just like, what can we come up with next? And people are always saying, what does the number mean? Stepping up a notch. We just have to... We we laugh to ourselves and go like, it means nothing. We just made it up. And I'm like, that "That seems so... Like, I'm not saying other things don't do it. Maybe I'm just, like, put on rose-colored glasses to the things I do like. And I don't want to see it, but I'm pretty cynical, so I don't like that. I don't like trying to manipulate people. Make a good piece of entertainment that everyone enjoys, and at the end of it, if you make money out of it, awesome, but also think people are spending their time on their ass in their living room with their families or alone or whatever the situation is, using this entertainment as their escape from life or their subject of conversation at work the next day or to spend time with each other or like you and I would like to sit down, have a cup of tea, watch our shows together. Think of that end of it. Don't just think about advertisers and all that. Make good shows. And I've got to say, whoever came up with the bright idea of putting whole seasons of TV shows on DVD and Blu-ray, it's the best thing ever because I can't even imagine sitting down and watching a weekly show at 8 o'clock on a Thursday because Dexter, I just watch one, I watch one, I watch... I was watching three in a row and then going off and doing something and then watching another three, you know? Oh, it's I, awesome. I like, I've, you know, you've bought me Cheers and MASH and yeah. I once I start, though, I yeah, don't want to stop. I go, I'll watch it for ten hours and I'll be so tired. I'm like, just one more. Well, I know just for a fact, more. tomorrow you're going to your mother's and yeah. I'm going to be here. If I sit and watch the first episode of season two of Dexter... I guarantee you I will watch four and five, four or five in a row. Because it's just like that. I can't, I get gripped on these kind of things. Exactly. And there's not many TV shows that can do that for me. So I, I was excited to find one. I'll talk more about Dexter as I get through it. Yeah. I, I believe 
by next weekend I'll probably be through the second season uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk about in my stuff this week is the Zune HD which is, which is the new Zune player uh, if you like podcasts and uh, music players and Zune and iPods and things like that Microsoft are bringing out the Zune HD on September the 15th which isn't actually far away there's two models there's the 16 gigabyte version and the 32 gigabyte version one is $220 and one is $299 now where, where these differ from the old player is in quite, quite a lot of ways it's a bigger screen, it's a touch screen it's got HD radio which is something I never knew existed until last week um, you, know, like you have a radio player there's a radio in a Zoom, which is mm-hmm. something iPod users probably know nothing about. But no, and a I radio use it all the time. When I go to the grocery store, I listen to Now, did radio. you know that when this HD TV thing happened, radio also did it? No. Now, there's normal radio, and there's also HD radio, which also comes in free through any antenna on a, on a HD-compatible radio, which is newer radios. Your HD Zoom can do this HD radio, and what it is is it's like... Um, so say whatever your favourite radio station is, it comes in in HD, right? It'll say on the thing HD. Now, you will be able to listen to it in perfect quality. In fact, it's an on or off kind of radio. There's never any static. You either hear it or you don't. So right. it's crystal clear CD quality, right? Where that doesn't tend really matter for radio. But, get this, it can have different streams. So like, say you're on 103, that's your favourite radio. You can flick between the streams and like 103 can broadcast say music on the first one, news on the second one and talk on the third one perhaps or BBC New World News on the third one and you can listen to their alternate streams. Mm. Um, I never knew that existed, Zune HD has that in there. I, I'm a fan of the radio in the Zune, it's kind of a cool thing. You never listen to it. But I, I, I actually do listen to it. I do listen to it. What station? Uh, the one where it's indie, like Buzz or something. It's the uh, 98? No, it's not. 10 something. Mm. 105. The one with like indie, you know, Nine yeah. Inch Nails, that kind of stuff. I, I, I like that station. It used to be called The Buzz. I don't think it is anymore. I don't think it is either. Um, I listen to classic rock and roll. But anyway, the Zune <laughs> HD is also um, supports HD video. So if you put like 720p video on it and put it plug it into your TV, you can watch HD programming. Now... I know it's it's like the cheaper one's only a 16 gigabyte. That's not a lot of space for HD video. But, no. Um, but if you're just into radio and music. Music, yeah. And uh, it's touchscreen. Um, it's got an NVIDIA graphics processor in it, which is like a PC video card. So the games that are going to come for it are not like your piddly little, crappy little Game Boy games. They're going to be like full on, like a, you know... By rights, they could do like a Gears of War style game or some that kind of graphic quality on the Zoom. Um, that, none of that's been demonstrated yet, but Nvidia are making a big deal out. Oh, we've got a gaming chip in in it. So, right. to me, that's that sounds fun. Like, because I'm sure they'll tie it with Xbox Live, um, and it's available on the 15th. Um, I'm sure you'd like one. Yes, I'm a little afraid of the touchscreen because when I'm at work, I just drop it in my pocket all the time. It has a lock, so you don't... I know, but my keys are in there, my card, key card, and I'm not going to be delicate about it. I'm not going to put it in a freaking cover every time I need to stick it in my pocket because I pull it in and out hundred times or more of a One night. of those transparent things that I put on my Zoom screen would where you can't even tell it's there. Yeah, but that's a touch screen, so how sensitive... No, they, they do they do them for, for mm-hmm. um, iPod touches as well, so... That's what I would need. Yeah, you know, they tra- it's just a transparent... And is it smaller sticker. than the Zoom I have now? 
It's a lot thinner and a lot lighter. Right. But it's slightly longer. But it's a lot thinner. Because it's lighter. No hard yeah, it could be a little bit bigger. It doesn't matter, but the, the weight. Because I put it in my pocket. It goes way down. My pants are like saggy, baggy. Yeah, it's baggy. a lot, lot, lot it lighter. It pulls way down, and then it pulls my head, my earplug out of my ear a lot. So right. I have to like, I take the ca- the headphone jack thing, and I wear these little button things on my shirt, little pins, and I wrap the cable around there so right. it won't tug it out of my out of my ears. No, we're, I'm so, not talking about the. Or first. I've been sticking it in my bra. Like, uh, right up here, tucked nice. in the side. We're talking about the first generation <laughs> yeah. Zoom, which came with a hard drive in it, so it is fairly heavy. It is big. Now, this one isn't. But I love it. I use it every single day. I use it for 12 hours a night at work. I watch stuff. I listen to stuff. Listen to and we've mentioned this before. What else I love about it is the actual software. Even if you don't own a Zoom, <laughs> just go to zoom.com and download the software for your PC. If, you, if you're a PC user. Because it doesn't work on... Yeah, yeah. You can use it just as a media player. You don't need a Zoom. You know, like, you use it on your PC without the Zoom just to play your music, album art, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Just load it up and have a look. You can get podcasts through it. You can... It's yep. like iTunes, but... Oh, yeah, like, that's where I get out. You can... They're all free. I mean, I don't know if they're all free, It's but. like a really pretty version of iTunes. Um, in fact, to me, like, iTunes just looks crap when I've been on the Zoom because there's no graphicalness it. looks to like it. Windows 3.1 or something. Yeah, it's all text, <laughs> isn't it? And, yeah. like, like, the Zoom um, is just... Everything's graphical. And the only thing like, I want on my Zoom is search. I don't like... Th- I don't like searches on the zooming new, down all the way the to one. the S's every time I want to find, you know, or the M's when I want to go to Moby. I may, You can make lists, but when I'm at work oh. and I think, then I have to sit there and stop and You know what the Zoom HD has? I was watching the interface of the Zoom HD this week. This is cool. So <laughs> say there's certain albums you really love. You can drag the album out and pull it to the side and press it, and it pins it onto your start menu. All right, that's So you've I'm got like, like a... Start menu, and then you'll have radio, uh, videos, That's and then you'll have favorites, and you you just have your favorite albums there. You can fit loads of them because it makes them smaller and smaller. Then you can mark things as favorites. Yeah, too, but this but... kind of pins them to the front page. So if you listen to like you do Moby a lot or, yeah. or a U two album, you can have them right there, so you can just click into them. I kissed a girl and I liked it. I just keep listening to that song and I don't know why. Nice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the Zoom HD. You can get it. In, I'm not advertising for Microsoft. I've said that before. We don't get any money from Microsoft on this show. I just actually happen to like the Zoom. A lot. And we've tried. We've seen iPods. I've used the software. I've tried to set up people's iPods for them. People who don't have Here's computers, the they buy an iPod, but they don't have a computer. I know most of the world don't agree <laughs> with us, but to me, I'm not into having iTunes on my machine. I don't like it. I, I like what I like, and I don't like things because other people like them. I like it because it works really well. And I don't well. like the Zoom because most people don't either. Let me right. just say that. Because most people will say, oh, Zoom is a lot of crap. No. We're not like rebels. Like, the reason I like it is I bought one. We happen to manage, we happen to get them off Woot.com cheap. Um, I bought you one, and I bought myself one, and I just happened to like it. It was it was better than every any other MP3 player I'd had. And I'd had quite a few. It just was really good. It works well, and this is like a big step forward in it so I'll be uh, interested so um that's the Zoom HD and what have you got what's for dinner can you smell it yep. it is vegetable curry yeah I actually tasted awesome. it uh, and it tasted really good in the cock in the crock pot, cock the, crock, pot. the cock pot that you bought me for Christmas you bought me all kinds of good stuff you bought yeah. me a crock pot one year for Christmas and it has been cooking in there most of the day. I only bought and the crock pot, so you would make things for me. <laughs> now, what we used to make in the crock pot was lots of meat dishes. I never could quite get them right, except for the pork chops. Today is just tomato-based tomato onions, uh, cauliflower, broccoli. A vegetable curry. Mushrooms. 
what else did I put in there? I didn't have any peas, unfortunately. Oh, no, those mushrooms. I tasted one of the mushrooms, and it was really good. Yeah, really good. I unfortunately didn't get peas. Maybe when I go get Austin, I'll get some peas, but um, and throw them in at the last minute, you know. But uh, that and rice, of course. And then my next thing is I went to a physical therapy session this week. Now, I know that a lot of people need physical therapy. There are a lot of people with you know physical problems and issues and health-related things, that, and they need someone to help them get better or recover from an injury or have like an actual genetic thing or whatever. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with my hip, why it hurts all the time. So I go. She was really good. She was really nice. It was near the end of the day on Friday. She does all these things where she pokes your butt bone and right up the top of your butt crack and bends you over and all these things. And You, the, you said butt crack. <laughs> and a couple of her conclusions. First of all, one of the lines, one of the things that she actually said was, you have a an extensive series of complex genetic issues at work here. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So I have like... Uh, the end of my sacroiliac is kind of missing, I guess. Nobody knows what that is. It's like your butt bone, your tailbone that you, you know, that could have mm. been a tail in another uh, genetic ooze that we could have been at, come out of. But so she called it a superficial sacroiliac. Said that mine, it's like because when I walk, I stick my butt out really far and I've just, my back kind of curves and I'm double jointed, which means the hips are kind of weak. I can, and another quote was, oh, you are as flexible as a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 41. So I said, I'll be sure and tell my husband because I can bend over very well and put my leg up to my face. I mean, it, I've I, never seen that happen. <laughs> I mean, that is like flexible, apparently. I'm putting my leg up as high as like. I'm talking about, I've never seen that happen. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and uh, so it's interesting, but it was actually really informative. And she was very nice. And I thought, well, she's just nice because. It's her job, and she deals with a lot of older people and a lot of children. With I saw a couple children waiting with, you know, looked like injuries and stuff. You know, she was just super friendly and nice. Not sugary sweet, but nice. And I thought, well, that's just part of the, you know, part of the thing. And while she was sitting there typing some stuff in the computer, another th- therapist came in with their patient. And he was completely not friendly and nice and bubbly at all. He was real, like, matter-of-fact with the guy. Just lay down, bend over, lift this. Been that okay? How's that feel? And she was totally opposite. So you know, I got lucky. She was very nice and learned those things about my uh, flexibility and uh, my sacroiliac, which is kind of interesting. And that there is actually genetics at work here. So I'm just gonna have to. And she told me to do the pelvic thrust exercises. Do the pelvic thrust. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. And hopefully, I won't have to go back. Any. She wants me to come back at least once more to see if I've made any progress. So we'll see. And I also joined the fitness center slash gym that's across the road kind of from us here at the mall. And I went once so far in three days. And I wanted to try the different things like the elliptical and the little weird bike. You won't be going some. You'll be going on... Tuesday. I'll yeah. Go. Well, possibly. I will. And you're home. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming back tomorrow. We're going tomorrow right. and coming back tomorrow. All right. Um, that's quite a day. And it's quite good. It's really nice. And it's what I find out later is it's owned by a woman. And that's why it's decorated nicely. Not not foofy, but it's comfortable. It's not like you walk in and you're like in a big, empty, all white, stinky gym. You know what I mean? It's decorated nice. The bathroom's really nice. These are the things I look for in a gym. Yeah, a nice bathroom and some good art on the walls. And it doesn't smell of sweaty. Or- you don't, I don't feel like out of place being in there. So that was a good thing. And uh, I'll go. Because they have variety. I don't mind going on the treadmill, but I want some variety. So, And it's pretty cheap. 30 bucks a month, I don't think, is unreasonable. I did it for three months. We'll see how it goes. 
Oh, isn't it cheaper for the three months, though, when you start? No, it's cheaper if you go for a whole year, in fact. So if I, you know, whatever. But that's, uh, I'm not one of those, like, yeah, I'm going to go in there and, like, work out every day and, you know, any of that. It's just I want some variety, and I was really pleasantly surprised that it was nice, and I can go super early in the morning when there's nobody there, and I will keep you updated. Nice. Could be money not well spent, but we'll see. And then uh, my last comment is bureaucracy is bullshit. I'm just sick of it. We have, okay, my job, for example, we might print a letter, right, that is telling you, the citizen of the state, that your driver's license has been revoked. Now, when you get this letter, do you give a shit whether or not it is a sixteenth of an inch to the left or to the right of the page? Or a 32nd of an inch? No, you don't care. Nobody gives a shit. And I'm sick and tired of people in this bureaucratic institutional jobs in their little freaking cubicles upstairs all day long nitpicking over bullshit because they want to justify their job. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Amen, brother. And that's not the only instance. It's just one of those examples of like, fuck me, man. Nobody cares about that stuff. Nobody cares. If I cut the letter down the middle and you couldn't read it, yes, I understand. That's it. That was my little... <laughs> I had to vent that out of there. All right, so um, at the one one hour and 12 mark... Pretty nice. We um, want to say thanks for listening, and uh, we remind you about the website. Say scully.com, sitsout.com, twitter.com, facebook.com. doesn't belong to us, but we do have... Uh, Just do searches on them for us. Facebook.com slash ascully, facebook.com slash sitsout. Um, well, yeah, that's where you go. And all you do is do a search, and they'll find you. Correct. If you type A Scully on SidTalk, does that come up, that page? If you type A Scully on SidTalk? On uh, Facebook. Google? Facebook, I'm talking about. Yeah, if you type A Scully on Google, ascully.com, you're going to find everything that you're involved with. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, what I was getting at was if you go to Facebook and type A Scully yeah. instead of my name, do you get that page? I believe so. Interesting. I, don't th- I didn't think you did. You mean your fan page or your, like, be your friend? Be my friend. But because you don't, you're not friends with everybody. Yeah, but I've got the short URL, facebook.com slash ascully. Right. That's what I'm talking about. There you are. I did ascully in the search ah, box. All right. And so it it d- and there's the me, show. the second one now. Right. But you don't make everybody your friend, do you? Uh, if they are interested in the show, do you? Or if you play Mafia Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ascully has never disclosed to the general public he's I a Mafia Wars fa- freak. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, I go on Facebook, do a search for ascully, and you get the... Uh, yeah, you Some get other stuff. You get other stuff, but that's nothing to do with me. The first two, <laughs> at least, are me. Yeah. Um, and we're also on uh, Twitter. So that's twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk. You can check our updates there. You can get this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace. I'd like to mention that one first. Of course. The uh, RSS feed, just go to the page, click podcast, listen to all the podcasts. Or the iTunes Music Store. We'll mention that one last. <laughs> It's a statement. But yeah, most people probably use the last one. But yeah. Yeah. And um, that's fine. That's fine and dandy. You can email feedback to me at ascullyascully.com. You can leave feedback on ascully.com also. Or you can not leave any feedback for uh, <laughs> Sid Talk. Um, and I just want to say stay classy. I didn't have one for this week. Wilkerson? <laughs> Wilkerson. <laughs> stay classy Tom Wilkerson. You call him Wilkerson. What's his name? It's like my friend. I play Gears of War with him. He calls the people in the game. There's a guy called Taj. I mean, no. There's a guy called Ty. He calls him Taj. <laughs> there's a guy called 
Whatever the guys are called, he calls them something totally different, like you do with Wilkerson. He's Wilkinson. Yeah, but I don't do it on purpose, generally. He doesn't, I, I don't think. I think it just subliminally is got lost in his mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that your official assessment of yeah. his mental state? Yeah. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, everybody, because if you don't do it, someone's going to come along and do it for you.